Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Today, we have Bella Gandhi. She is a maverick at helping people find love. She has been everywhere from the Today Show, Good Morning America, is a regular on Steve Harvey show and has helped hundreds of thousands of people find love and move towards that in that direction. SmartDatingAcademy.com is her website. Um, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, one of my favorite uh, authors and guests, R.L. Ford, uh, suggested you. And, you know, here's the thing is, I try to introduce all aspects of life on this show because it's not just about the health of our bodies and minds, right? It's also this primal connection. In fact, uh, the founder of this podcast, Mark Sisson, wrote a book of that title. We are designed to have our tribe and um, having relationships with others romantically is a part of this journey. And so I just think it's very important to bring on these other, you know, different perspectives on this aspect of life. Before we get into the nitty grittiness of, you know, dating and what it's like and all of these areas areas. How did you get hit with that proverbial lightning bolt many years ago that led you to this mission? Right. When did Cupid's arrow hit me, the proverbial arrow? Um, I had these instincts out for the first time when I was in college. I was living with a, a lovely girl, but rather introverted. And I would, I would always be the one to get her to go out to the bars or go out to parties. And she one night said, I'm not going, you go. So I went out and I was at a party and I started chatting with the guy. And it was like one of those moments in a movie where suddenly everything sort of goes dim and blurry and quiet. And I, I snapped out of it and I looked at the sky and I said, you're going to marry my roommate. And he was like, you're crazy. My girlfriend's <laughs> over there. Now, to make a very long story short, seven years later, they got engaged. They've been married for 18 years and they have three kids. So after that couple, there was another and another and another. So all the while I was working in finance and M&A, and then I ran my family's business, which was a manufacturing business, but I was matchmaking people. They were calling me the dating oracle. I found love. I just celebrated my 22-year wedding anniversary, got everybody around me out of terrible relationships and into good ones. So when I finally, when we sold our company in 2001, I thought, what do I want to do? Like, what are your gifts, right? You have to sit back and say, what are, what am I really good at naturally? Like, how can I bring more love into the world? And I said, my gosh, it's helping people find love. So in 2009, I started Smart Dating Academy on a wing and a prayer. Um, and so this year will be our 10 year anniversary. That is amazing. Um, this this dating world is confusing, especially for people out of long-term relationships that are coming to this technology age of apps and online dating, which was so different, you know, especially if they married, married their college sweetheart, et cetera. And, um, you know, there's lots of pitfalls. I know you, you know, you, you've bro broken it down. You offer so many great videos on your website too. What is sort of like the overall theme you'd like to just jump into this with when it comes to finding love? Well, I would say with regards to like, we, I can look at finding love and there's like three major pipelines of candidates. And this is what I tell my clients. There's technology or using online dating sites or apps is one pipeline. Then the second 
pipeline is meeting people in real life, right? Get off your phone, look up, look around, smile at people. And then the third pipeline is getting set up and not just asking your best friend, hey, do you know anyone to set me up with? No, but really strategically sitting down to look at your entire network of people personally and professionally and looking for what I call super connectors that can set you up with great quality people. So that's how I look at finding love. Love is possible. I'm a psychotic optimist. That's what one of my clients like I'm like love exists for everyone on this planet that wants it. I promise you if you're willing to change things up and do it, love exists for you. There are many lids to your pot. So in my psychotically optimistic way, I really believe that whether you're 22 or 82, if you want to find love, there are ways to do it. You have to make a plan and then you have to take action. Moving a little bit beyond some of the basics like, okay, don't meet give people your address for the first date. Okay. Like classic, you know, (laughs) rules of safety, aside from just some of the basic stuff, what are some of these themes? Let's start with some of the pitfalls first that, um, and and I'm sure there there might be a a thoroughfare with both men and women, and then different for each sex that you found or different types of relationships. What are some of these pitfalls that people might not think are obvious or that really need to be pointed out that people make, you know, on their journey to connect with another person? You know, I think that people, especially as we get older, we become a little bit more set in our ways and we think, okay, I know what my type actually is. But when I hear type, I typically think, okay, there's a dating pattern here. I think, I think one of the things that people don't realize that in some senses we're genetically programmed to select certain kinds of mates. Human beings haven't evolved much in 200,000 years. So we're still sort of picking partners with our reptilian brain right? Why do, and I'll speak in some gross generalities here, but women tend to say, I'd really like a guy that's a lot taller than me. 5'10", 6 foot tall and above would be better. I'd like him to be funny and successful. And, you know, he's got a great job. And what do men say? Men are like, I'd love her to be curvy and be a little younger than me and be cute. And the way we preference partners to this day is the way that we preference them when, you know, the human age for mortality was 30. And the, the, the fact of the matter is marriage, love, and partnership has changed so dramatically in the last 50 years that this is why I think, you know, we've got a 50% divorce rate on second marriages at 67%, third marriages at 74%, because we're picking partners in a way that made sense it sometime in our lifetimes. But right now we really have to sit back and say, maybe my checklist isn't right. What are some things, I mean, I, I've seen themes with people that I know with myself, I think, and anybody who's, who's been an adult and has been through several long-term relationships, you can look back and go, oh, I, I see that thing that, you know, not, it's not attractive to me now, but I get where I was when I was 22 and you can kind of look back. Um, what are some of the pitfalls and things that you see that people along this way are either discounting too quickly or, you know, just again, not assessing it right? Uh, often we do repeat patterns in childhood and there's a lot of people I know who will attract people and it's, a, you know, like with a negative codependent tinge to it um, until they really look back and realize and then they're 50 going, oh my gosh, you know, I keep attracting this thing that's not healthy. It's never fun. I don't ever like it when I'm in this untrusting codependent relationship. Yet I realize that this is what's familiar to me, you know, and I know you've seen a lot of that. I'd like you to point some of those out so people can start to recognize where they might need to go, oh, 
Well, you know what? Let's go there. I think you you hit the nail on the head. Look, if you grew up with a parent that was emotionally avoidant or maybe narcissistic, addictive, or all of the above, right? And you became the giver, the codependent, right? Givers and takers are magnetized towards each other. There's a very dysfunctional dance that occurs. And what happens is without intervention, people do the same thing over and over again because we do what's comfortable versus what's intellectually right. And this is one of the biggest things I see and one of the biggest interventions that we help people with at Smart Dating Academy. It's getting away from the narcissist, the avoidance, because the red flags are always there and they're always always there. They're always there, right? And and I can sense that you've you felt that, you've seen that. But when I ask women and men time and time again on a daily basis, when did you see that red flag? And they'll literally shake their head and they slump in their chair. I'm like, it was there from the beginning. We're very rarely blindsided in relationships. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, what are some examples of some people that you knew that, you know, let's say that you worked with that were, you know, give us a couple of maybe examples that you have of someone, male or female, who was in a pattern that was not right and then managed to succeed and, and recognize that to attract something different? You know, in fact, uh, one of my clients named Marilyn, Um, is a perfect example of that. She is a twice divorced mother of two sons. And she's actually on our website telling her story and you can see it there, but she was married and divorced. And she said, you know, I come from a background of narcissism from the time I was young. And I realized I keep getting into these relationships and I want some help. I need someone kind of strapped to me like a, like a skydiving coach to make sure that I don't do this again. And so we, you know, made her profile over, took her photos, wrote her text, put her online. And she started to get this amazing response like she had never had, but it was really sitting alongside her L week after week because her instant attraction and where she was activated was with these narcissists, the larger than life dynamic personalities that would put it all up front. And I would tell her, I don't like, you got to cut this guy off. It's day three. Here's seven red flags. So once she got to the point where she was like, okay, yeah, you're right. This is a train wreck. She actually started to date a guy that was amazing. And what I told her, I don't want you to feel chemistry right away. If you come back to me on a date, Marilyn, and you tell me this was the best date ever, it was amazing, we had so much chemistry, it's immediately going to red flag me that this is a narcissist because you're activated. And her guy made her feel, my secret favorite word for first dates, is it easy? Was it just Mm, easy? Love it right? And great relationships are ultimately easy. It doesn't mean they're conflict-free, but it means you can navigate the conflict easily. You can navigate the good times easily. So she met this guy, dated him for three years, and they are now en route to getting married. It's a beautiful story and it took a lot of work, but it can happen. It's not natural. You know, I mean, I know you would agree that all of this starts with really aside from, you know, getting clear about what you want is also really working on the self-love part about it. You can get clear about what you want, but if you don't believe someone's going to love you for you, right? Yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit about some of those kind of, uh, you know, limiting beliefs that people have. You know, if you come from a place of I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, 
no man will ever love me. No woman is going to find me attractive. You know, there are no good people left. I'm too fat. Whatever, whatever that limiting belief is, what's going to happen is either when you have bad thoughts, right? I'm too fat. What does that lead to? It leads to a bad feeling. What kind of action does that lead to? It leads to no action or some self-sabotaging action, right? And the results suck. You're not going to get to where you want to be. So you really have to look at yourself and have that reckoning with yourself. Look in those dark, dusty corners and say, what do I really believe? What do I really think? Do I deserve this? Do I want this? And have those conversations with yourself or get a coach, get a therapist, talk to your friends, whatever it is, but really start to identify those negative beliefs, negative voices in your head and start to talk back to those voices repetitively. That's the first step in that. Let's say someone's really opposed to online dating. Okay. Like they are just not having it. (laughs) people on earth, by the way. There, there's a lot of people. Okay. And I mean, I, I've been, uh, I've convinced a few people to jump in on it, but let's say there's someone that isn't then in that particular scenario, just that if they're absolutely like, nope, for online dating, yeah. what do you suggest ways that they can kind of put themselves out there in the world without, you know, dating people at work or whatever, <laughs> uh, uh, to, to be more social and, and, and put themselves out there? You know, I think not, using technology is extremely limited. Like who wants to go to the bars five or six nights a week? Nobody, right? Even most 28 year olds don't want to do that anymore. So I go through the numbers like, okay, how, how, how do you want to meet people? What are you going to do if you're not online? Okay. Well, how are you going to get, start to get set up? And then Let's put you in rooms with like-minded people. Let's start to join different interest groups. Maybe if you're a runner, go join a running group. If you're a vegan, join a, you know, a special interest group, whatever it is. But start to surround yourself with people that share interest with you. Not that I think interests have to, you know, interests are critical in finding a relationship, but at least if you're in a room with people that share your interests, you're going to have fun. And when you're having fun and you're feeling good, guess what you are? You're more attractive. Right. You're more magnetic and likely someone in that group is going to be like, you know what? I've got a friend who I think you might like, or you never know. So it's worth putting yourself out there with regards to online dating. Okay. So we've got, you know, there's different decades and different levels of ages of people. So if you're, you know, in 20 to 30, or I don't know how you would break it up. What do you think are some of the best sites for people to use? You know, I think the sites now all have gotten so big, anything from Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, Match, eHarmony, like they're so vast. And, you know, it's most of the big companies gobble up any apps that actually get any traction. I think that almost at any age, you can find a demographic, you know, on any of those big sites because the denominators are so big. I see a lot of my clients in their 20s like Coffee Meets Bagel. They like Hinge. You know, if they're looking to just date casually, they want to date with purpose to meet somebody. But, you know, there are a lot of people in that age bracket on those apps. Then when you're talking about your 30s and 40s, we see a lot of success with our clients on Match. And a lot of them like Bumble as well. And especially the women like Bumble and the men like Bumble. Why? Because women have the steering wheel on Bumble and men finally get to release the steering wheel and say, okay, a girl's going to email me or message me if she likes me. This is pretty awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that, that was a new twist on the dating app that works for a lot of people. And especially for people that are like fresh out of a marriage or back in the dating scene and kind of don't want to be bombarded. Bumble is really great for a lot of women um, that I've known in that situation because they do, they feel like, you know, it's like, let's me sort of make the first move, which is not traditional, but in this environment, it makes them feel safer and better about the situation instead of just having an inbox flood of a bunch of different people. So uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a good one. What are, what are some general dating tips? If we're going to start to go online and figure this out and do this, what do we need to look out for? I mean, other than, you know, don't give people your address and your social security number, but... Don't send anybody money because his daughter had a car crash in Nigeria. Right. No, no catfishing, right? Stay away from catfishing. Yeah. I think one of the things that people really need to understand is you have to have what I call the marathon mindset versus the sprint mindset. You know, and sometimes people will go, fine, I'll try online. And then they'll put some photos up. They'll spend five minutes grabbing some iPhone photos, write some text in another five minutes, and then kind of have this Amazon Prime mentality. Like, oh, you know what? My husband should show up in my inbox in 24 hours, or this just doesn't work for me. And that's not, like, you have to play the long game. There's nothing more important than a human being can do than find the love of their lives, right? That is, our relationships define us at the end of the day. And so really saying, this is going to take me time, and I need to be patient, positive, and perseverant. I call it the three Ps through this process. So it's really playing the long game in your mind. Like don't give something five days. Like it's not going to work and reset your expectations. Cause I see a lot of people that go in there and it's like to say, it's like, okay, if I want to lose 10 pounds today, I'm going to eat in a certain way and work out in a certain way. And if I don't lose those 10 pounds by tonight, this just doesn't work for me. That's as silly as it is from a mindset standpoint. Yeah, it really is a long game. And, you know, here's the thing. I've seen people get very frustrated because, you know, like let's say a large number of people from an age group they don't want will contact them. And then they'll let that, you know, and I like to say, I'm like, you know what? Instead of having a negative reaction about it, just, you know, consider it flattery, delete the move on, you know, like, you know what I mean? Just instead of looking at it like, oh, you know, each, oh, I got another email from someone who's 80 or whatever, you know, Um, and those kind of comments and those kind of observations and a negative tinge can kind of bring the whole vibe down. And so I just want to throw that out there, you know, to, to look at it in those different ways or, you know, as you're passing through photos, look, there's sometimes you come across a photo and you're like, oh, you know, and, but... (laughs) But let's say you go through 10 of them. That doesn't mean there's not someone who you're going to be attracted to out there. And I just kind of like to put out the good vibes. If I, um, When I've been online dating, bypass certain people that maybe I'm swiping left or whatever, I still am just like, oh, I wish you luck. Like I, I'm just trying to send out like positive, positive dating vibes. You know, you can make it like a really kind of universally positive thing. And I think, you know, people get down so soon. So I just wanted to throw that out there. No, and I think, and to jump off of what you're saying, which is a great point, it's sometimes when people get really dejected, right? Like, oh my God, Bella, look at these guys that are emailing me. They're 80 and I'm 40 and, or they're 20, you know? And ultimately when people have such violent responses in a sense, it's because it's feeding those negative beliefs. I'm not, and this is what I'm worthy of. 
And instead, I love what you're saying. I say, you know what? Give them a wave and bless them on their way. And that's about it, right? And be flattered. Like, okay, that's great that an 80-year-old finds me attractive. I hope that he finds someone in his age bracket. Move on. You cannot let this reflect on yourself. This says nothing about you. Right. And it says nothing also about the process. Like you said, it's a long game. You know, you got to hang in there. This is a pool of everyone that's out there. And sometimes to be honest with you, I I admire the boldness. I'm like, damn, 80. All right. Hey, nice. I'm glad you had the cojones to to email me. Like I appreciate that just in general in life, you know, can you can, you can find something to appreciate about every one of these interactions or, you know, passing interactions. Um, And then it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's staying in your lane. Ultimately, when people will tell me, well, you know, I sent out five messages this week and I didn't get a response. You know, the question is ultimately to call a spade a spade, right? It's like, I see a lot of people that are like, you know, okay, I'm going to email the guy that looks like Brad Pitt or George Clooney online. And most of us are average mortals, right? At the end of the day. So you have to understand, like, if that's where you're shooting, you really have to ask yourself a question. What am I doing? If you're not getting responses back, where are you, where are you playing? Who are you messaging? And that's where a lot of the magic starts to happen. Meaning just realizing again, what it is that you're seeking and getting clearer about that. Yeah. Because sometimes when people really have barriers to finding love, they're going to shoot for someone who, you know, is 30 years younger or just in a completely different place, a person that's going to be searching for someone else because that ultimately protects them, right? Because they know somewhere in the deep recesses of their conscious, this person's never going to email me back, but at least I can say I try, right? And then I can say love doesn't exist for me. Yeah. And I, I've told this before, but I love it. So way back in the day, I used to be a cigarette smoker, but I never wanted, I always wanted to quit. I hated that about myself. It was like, I had to go hiking and then like have a cigarette. <laughs> like it was just, it was like green drink. And then like, it just made no sense. And I, I just, I knew I had to. And so I never wanted to date a smoker because I was like, well, I don't want someone else with the same problem. Right. So seriously, I literally hadn't yet quit at the time and was online dating. And then I had this, I really had like a revelation with myself. I'm like, hold on a minute. I'm just like hoping to find a non-smoker that I'll connect with so that that will like be the impetus for me to quit. Like I'm going to be like, no, if I want to meet a non-smoker, I have to be one now. And I did. And you know what? From then on, of course, met non-smokers. And you know what? All of them would have like never dated me if I was a smoker. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, so again, you've got to like, not necessarily like what's in your, not to shoot for the stars, but listen, if you know, you're looking at a guy who looks like Brad Pitt who works out all the time and you don't, they might not be interested in someone who's not living the lifestyle they are. So it's about, again, getting a little bit more realistic and You know, I know it's a big problem. All my guy friends always complain about the women misrepresenting themselves visually um, or, you know, guys misrepresenting themselves like height or something like that or age. And, you know, I just feel like that's such a disappointing realm. That's This is the world of first impressions, right? And they're going to meet you and you have to be comfortable with who you are now, not posting pictures of yourself 10 years ago. I'm sure you've heard a bunch of these stories. So I'd love you to touch on this kind of level of transparency. Yeah, I think it's the first act of self-sabotage. And And I kind of tell people to look at it with some sense of compassion. It's like if somebody's putting photos of themselves 50 pounds ago or 10 years ago, it's because like they wish 
that that's where they were, right? And they feel like I'm not good enough as I am. So I'm going to try to put these photos out there because once they meet me in person, they're going to love me. It's like, wait a second, but you you put out an image of you that isn't you. And in online dating, we build these fantasies around five photos and 200 characters, right? So you like people want to date the person in the picture. It's as simple as that. And even with women that are like, you know, they'll show me their photos like, oh, I was a blonde here and I'm a brunette here and I'm a little highlighted and I, sometimes I cut my hair. It's like, listen, you need to have all of these photos look like you today. Keep your hair similar for the next six months. And if you decide to change it, change your photos. If you wear glasses in real life and you're going to wear them on the date, wear them in your pictures. People want, like you want to know that a person that actually swipes right on you and messages you is going to want to date you. And if they don't, it's not because you misrepresented yourself in your photos. Yeah. What are some other tips and things we need to know about online dating Uh, guys or girls, things you've seen that have come up that are themes that need to be addressed? I think one of the things is that people are looking for instant chemistry. And a corollary to that is we've kind of made human beings more disposable. If we're not finding that aha, those fireworks, that instant chemistry, then we're like, eh, let me see who else is in my inbox, right? And we don't say yes to a second date because we're looking to be wowed. And I think that so many good potential relationships get derailed at that point. Because look, I've seen most great relationships are a slow burn. They don't start out hot and heavy. There's always an exception to that rule, but I don't judge chemistry right away in the beginning. Like, you know what? If the date was nice, the person has good values. You feel like you're hanging out with one of your friends. You're having fun. It's easy. Say yes to a second date because I have seen the best stories, Elle, where chemistry develops at the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, date. I mean, it's crazy. My own story, I was best friends with my husband for six years before we realized, oh, maybe we'd want to date. Literally. Tell us about that. (laughs) When did you both in hindsight uh, realize? I mean, did one realize sooner than the other? Did one always know? Like, what was that story? You want the real story? Oh, I want the full story. So it might have happened one night where there might have been a little alcohol involved um, and we were in college. And so, yeah, we hung out all the time. We studied together and, you know, we had a kiss and it wasn't anything much more than that. And the next day it was like, oh my God, what was that? I just kissed my best friend. This is so weird. And so it was this year of awkwardness. Like we can't date, like we're best friends. And what if it doesn't work? And we don't want to ruin our friendship. So finally it literally took us a year and we have two overly analytical people, which is he and I, which is probably why we get along. And we kind of analyze it to death. And finally we're like, to hell with it. Let's just try this and date. We're both people that have pretty good relationships with all of our exes. We don't burn a lot of bridges. I think we'll be okay no matter what. And that was it. We dated for three years. We got engaged and you know, we just celebrated our 22nd wedding anniversary last week. I love it. That's right. so nice. Yeah. No, I think on the chemistry thing, here's the thing. I mean, it's, uh, cause I have these conversations, everyone that I know, you know, who's single it usually is dipping into the online dating world. And, you know, someone will be like, Oh my God, I had the best time with this girl. Da, 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 da. She was great. Hilarious. Oh my God. Amazing genius. Da, da, da. Um, but I just, I just didn't, I wasn't, you know, mm, didn't want to jump across the table and, uh, <clears throat> you know, kiss her. And I was like, well, you know, but give it another date. Like if it was fun, like you said, and you still appreciate the values. I mean, 
not like, oh, did you have a boring, horrible time and you had red flags, but if you had like a really nice time and the only thing missing was that you didn't want to jump across the table and attack them physically in a sexual way, like then maybe give it a few more to see if that develops. Yeah, totally. I mean, and especially to that point, women, right? Women are like, we can, that physical chemistry that we call chemistry, there's different kinds of chemistry, I think. There's physical chemistry, there's intellectual chemistry, there's emotional chemistry, right? What woman hasn't had a guy grow on her and develop to crush later in the game, right? Like the guy that you didn't look at for the first, you know, six months suddenly says something in a meeting or does something. You're like, oh my God, I think I might have a little crush on him, right? And that's how women can develop love. So I tell them like, look, these guys, like at a certain point on date five, six or seven, something's going to spark. And if it's going to let it happen, don't throw these people back to the pond so fast. And it's a shifting of the mindset. You know, people will tell me, well, aren't I leading them on if I'm not feeling the chemistry? It's like, no, you're trying to screen them in to see if the chemistry will happen. It's game changing. I really like that way of uh, looking at it. Different perspective. Yeah. It's screening people in. You're giving them more chances. What about for the guys? What are some things you've run into? They're either complaints, woes, or, you know, uh, hesitancies with this process? I think men, I think in some senses, men are a lot more evolved, you know, than women will give them credit for. Like men are, men like strong, smart, successful women. They're not looking for, you know, they're not, all of them are looking for, you know, what we would consider the traditional model of, you know, he makes X, you make 0.3 X. I think so many modern men now are super comfortable with women that are successful, that are doing big things, that are earning coin, right? And, And it's more women that have the issues with it than the men do. And the men are like, look, I'm fine with her out earning me and I could be a great partner, but I think she's not going to like it. So it's a very interesting dynamic that's de- that I've seen developing over the last 10 years. Yeah, because these things are changing and um, yeah, those those stories as well. You know, it's so funny. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I've told the audience this yet, but I did meet a cousin I didn't know I had on Match.com and we were about to go on a date. <laughs> we realized <laughs> we were related. And oh my God. So, Funny. So like, you never know. Hey, you never know. And like, that was so many years ago, but every now and then I'll like text him. He moved back to Michigan, but uh, I'll text him and be like, Hey, remember when we met on match? It's just so funny. Um, so you never ever. And then instantly it was like, Oh, Oh God. I mean, it turns out we're not blood related, but still we didn't go, we didn't go there. Um, but it was just a really, really funny thing. And so, yeah, you know, you never know. Um, that's crazy. I've had clients in a divorce and the first match that they get on a site is their ex. Right, 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 right. That, that's, that's always a boss. Right. They're like 99% your, your match and it's like your boss. Yeah. That's a little awkward. Um, well, and there are options like on match too, you know, for people that are worried about privacy, you can keep your profile completely hidden except for people that you contact. There's some of these ways to get around the awkwardness of doing this for the first time. If you're feeling that, weirdness about putting yourself out there in the public. It is a very weird thing, you know? Um, It's just a strange thing to get used to, Um, but there are ways to kind of ease into it as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's some pretty public people that are pretty publicly on 
sites and apps. And there are apps like Raya where you can, you know, sort of be nominated to get on. And if you're in a creative profession and, and so there are lots of ways to keep a, a lower profile in dating, but the key is just stealing yourself, put your spine in and do it right. If you're out there, anybody that sees you on an app or site is also on there too, right? It's not like your neighbors can just go, Oh, let's see if we can find L or let's see if we can find Bella. No, you have to be a member on the site to come find me. Right. Exactly. No, there's, there's also that too. What, um, tell us about smart dating Academy. Tell us about how people out there can be helped if they need guidance through you and your team to get going and just don't know where to begin. And we're like personal trainers for people's love lives. You know, we're not matchmakers because I think matchmaking is sort of give a man to fish. And what we're doing is teaching people how to fish. How are you deciding what qualities are important to you? Like we help people not necessarily with what they want, but ultimately what they need through some good analysis, getting them over dating patterns. And then on a weekly basis, sitting it with you in your canoe, looking through your inboxes, listening to how the dates are going and really being there to teach you, kind of keep you motivated and be your safety net as well. Like, ah, uh, think there's too many red flags on that guy. I think we got to let him go. We got to cut him loose. I know he's cute, but he's had these seven and we give our clients lists of red flags for women. We call them what they want is called a high GHQ guy, high and good husband qualities. And everybody's got their own high GHQ guy. And then you have this whole rubric and a way to actually choose for people that are going to be good partners for you than just doing the same thing over and over again. And then we do a photo shoot. We write people's profiles. We give you a site strategy. So it's pretty A to Z, but the whole goal with what we do, it's like going to school to learn how to do something that nobody is taught. Yeah. What, give us a couple of, um, of red flags that are things that people might not think of. When somebody wants to get exclusive with you too fast, like they want to inhale you, like they go out with you tonight. They're like, oh my God, no, don't go home. I just want to do like, let's go get another drink. Like, uh, you know, if you plan two hours for the date, like the date goes on for eight hours and then they want to go out with you Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, anything that too fast and too furious is usually going to flame out. That's a big red flag for and and let's get behind that a little bit unpack why like if you're explaining to someone why that's a red flag they'd be like well what's wrong with that maybe they're just really into me but anybody typically um it might be okay but 99 times out of 100 it isn't people that are you know emotionally avoidant they can be very charming but they put it all up front right because they want to get to you they want to have their way with you but then because they fear intimacy or can't actually be in an intimate relationship then anywhere from you know 3 dates to 4 months in they'll you'll probably not hear hide or ho from them again yeah very very astute good observation on that one uh what's another one to look out for you know, anybody who is really nice to you, but not nice to other people mm. is a big red flag. Like if somebody seems to be snappy or edgy or angry, like if they pick up their phone and let's say it's their sister and she, they're like, Hey, they're like, what? Yeah, I'm busy. Click. Like that's a red flag to me. Yeah. People will show you who they are. And I'm 
I remember years and years ago, this was like, you know, end of high school, just having a friend who seemingly always kind of threw some other people under the bus at the time. And I remember being like, well, but we're different because we're kind of like almost family friends and like whatever. No, they did it to me too. Like people, (laughs) you know, learned that early. Like, no, what's happening out there will happen also in here too. So that's a really good one as well. And also like how they treat, right, just service people, how they, you know, hearing them on the phone, hearing how they handle stressful situations um, and how they deal with that says a lot about someone's character. Exactly. Like, you know, if, if they bring out, you said you want your salad dressing on the side and they put the salad dressing on, how does the person react? You can tell a lot about somebody's temperament just and how, like, if they get angry with the person right then and there, you know that it's just a matter of time before that anger is going to turn on you. Yeah. It's just a matter of time before you bring home the wrong butter and then it's like a full blown out. <laughs> you're, you're getting accused. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was very interesting. Um, there's, you know, it, it's, it's so interesting too. There's, there's, there's a bunch of guys that have written these books on like, uh, you know, backhanded complimenting and like, you know, <laughs> this kind of thing. And I just want to warn, like, ladies, if there's guys out there that are criticizing you in any way or pull these kind of moves, you've, those are just so you've got to run in the other direction. I know you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh my God, the neggers and the pickup artists, like any guys, I've had guys write to me asking me what I think about that. I'm like, I think you're nuts if you invest in that and it's not going to work. Like actually learn how to pick a good woman and learn how to become a good partner. Don't tell me women don't like nice guys. Like that's BS, right? It's not about the niceness. It's show us who you are. Be confident, like be yourself. It's not about turning into a douchebag. Yeah. I actually feel like the nice guys should, and I think they do win a lot in the end. I'll tell you what, being in a relationship for as long as I have and surveying thousands of people around me, kindness, consistency, and reliability are probably some of the most important and yet undervalued characteristics that exist in a partnership. They're everything. Someone who's going to show up when things are good and someone's going to show up when things are bad, they are consistent and you know, they're going to walk in the door that evening. And someone who's kind to you and compassionate, these are the characteristics that go the distance. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this because, you know, there's a lot of people who have things in common, right? Like you might like hiking or sports or like whatever the, the thing that you have in common in, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're a match. And I think over these years, I've really learned that it's really important to me anyway to really like and admire the way someone thinks about the world. Now, that's from my own personal viewpoint, right? With my own values and right. And if you are a, um, I don't know, let's say you're a person who, I don't know, you could be a negative thing. You might hate other uh, another group of people, but then find someone else who also hates them. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So I just, uh, and you might admire that about them, but I, I just, it's the way, I think that that's more important you know, because you can always go find a hiking partner, right? You may not be able to do that with your loved one, but it's more important, the conversations and how you're connecting. And if you don't like the way your other handles things, talks to people, thinks about things, these are the things that build, I mean, why would you date someone you don't like and admire? So I, I, can we talk about that? 
Yeah. I mean, I think it's a big mistake. Like I like tennis. He likes tennis. It's a match. Like, no, it's not. (laughs) It might be a match, but you know, it's you're gay and he's gay. That's great. Okay. Done deal. Like, no, there, there are a lot more things that are very values driven. Yeah. To your point, do you share a worldview? Do you value the same things? Like, do you, are you passionate about certain causes? Like, what do you want to do with your life? Like, how do you want to leave the world a better place? Are you work on your own game and how are you interested in your personal really big yeah. things? What, what, what else about? can we leave our audience with on things that we need to think about when we're starting to go on this journey of, you know, getting clear about what it is that we want you know, what are some things you've seen, you've seen people wrestle with, and I'm sure you've seen so many <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people who will tell you at first what they think they want. Right. Yeah. And then within that realize that that's a mess and that's not actually, you know, what it is that they want. Can you expand on that one? Yeah, I'll put it to you succinctly. I will tell all of you guys that are listening right now, mark my words, love will come to you in an unexpected package. It always does. What you think your partner is going to be like, look like, whatever, I can promise you this person is going to be different in some very important material way. I don't know what that means, but I'd say, isn't that exciting to know he or she isn't who you think? Like, open your eyes to new people. Uncheck some boxes or check some new boxes. I don't know what it means, but I can tell you that love and great love, healthy love, happy love, delicious love exists for every one of you that's listening. Number one, you have to believe it in your core. And then if you really believe it, guess what? You cannot be dejected by dating. If you believe that your other half is out there, all you have to do is date like hell to find him or her. But I'm giving you that certainty. That person is out there for you. So go and date with passion. Have fun. Enjoy the process. Don't dread it. There's going to be some good dates. There's going to be some bad dates. They're going to make for great brunch stories, but embrace the whole process because I I see a lot of people that get out the other side and they will look back and they will tell you every minute, every date was worth it. Yeah. And gosh, I don't, this just came up too. And I think it's maybe me kind of flashbacking to Ariel and thinking about something we may, she might've touched on, but in getting clear, you know, so kids I've seen, so many people go down a road where they want them, but then they settle for someone who kind of has expressed from the beginning they don't. They go through a relationship, it ends up being a deal breaker. I've actually seen relationships even over 10 years where from the beginning, the woman was like, I do not want to have children. And the guy was like, I want them someday. And then now, not to say that 10 years was not worth it. Not to say that those experiences aren't still valid and should have happened. But I think that's something that really needs to be clear. Like, it's better, I think, if you know, do you or don't want them? Like, what's your situation? Are you, do you want someone who wants kids, who's open to your kids if they don't have them? Um, and just being clear about a couple of checklists like that, especially marriage. Like, for example, I really want to get married. There's a lot of people out there nowadays who don't want to be married or married again. And I think it's just sort of one of those things where I just decided to be more upfront about that that's the partnership that I was looking for, you know, to weed out and avoid anyone who was interested. In fact, I think I expressed that on my profile and someone had emailed me and said, you know, 
great profile, but I don't want to get married again. I was, and I would love to be in a long-term, you know, committed relationship, whatever, da, 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 but just thought I'd, you know, just wanted to write you back. Great. I'm so glad you know what you want. Thanks for not lying to yourself too and dating me. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I just think these are some things that are kind of concrete. If you're really young, I know it's, it's, it's tougher to be clear about family and marriage, but at a certain point, you know, I think we all do know at a certain age, you know, what you're, what kind of you're looking for. Can you, can you touch on this whole subject of marriage and kids? Yeah, I think it's really, really important. And if you do want to get married and have kids, especially if you're in an age where you feel like it's getting more critical to your life plan. You know, I work with people that are as young as 25 and, you know, I've got the 32 to 45 year olds. Like that's really the sweet spot of this. Oh my God, I want to get married. I want to have kids. If that is what you want, then you need to be clear about that and clear with the person that you're dating. And I think women, women will all the time, they'll get into relationships with the guy and the guy will say, you know what? I'm not really looking for anything serious, but then, you know, they're going out on two, three dates a week and they're like, oh my God, this is getting serious. It's, but then it, and at the end of three or four months where she's like, where's this going? Let's have the DTR conversation. You know? And he's like, well, well, no, I didn't want a relationship. Remember I said that up front. I think People are pretty honest up front. I think sometimes, especially women that in my experience, they don't listen to what men are saying right in the beginning. And they usually will tell you the truth up front. It's very rare that you're going to have a guy going, yeah, absolutely. I want a relationship. You know, maybe it ends up, he really does want a relationship, but it doesn't work out with you. But usually if a guy's not looking for something serious, he's pretty upfront about it. Yeah. They'll say that they'll be like, you know, I'm just kind of looking for nothing too serious. You know, if it becomes something that's cool, that's still wishy-washy for someone who's like, no, I want someone who would declare that they are really looking for something uh, serious. And especially if it involves, you know, creating a family and you're at that age where, you know, both parties or, you know, look, there's people who are divorced and have kids and still want more, but to be clear or get as clear as you can about, about these intentions. I have a client now her name is Jill and she was 39 years old in New York city when she came to me, she's a therapist. And she was very much like, you know what? I've just dated bad guys. She's like, I'm Jewish for a long time. I only dated Jewish guys. And when I was 30, my parents were like, just date anyone. We don't care if he's Jewish. We just find a partner. She's like, I've done every kind of guy. Nothing is working. And so she was definitely dating a lot of narcissists and things weren't working out. So finally we work together, a coacher, she meets this great guy. They become exclusive within three months. So boyfriend, girlfriend. And she says, listen, I'm 39. I do want to get married and I want to have kids. He's like, I get it. So do I. He says, I'm going to make a deal with you. We're now exclusive. If things are this great in six months, you will have your ring. But can we not make this like a discussion all the time? Like, let's take it off the table. And she called me. She's like, what do you think? I said, I think he's being real. Let's listen to this. And so they have a great time. Their relationship grows. They fall in love. At six months on her birthday, she got her engagement ring. They start trying. They get pregnant. She was five months pregnant when they got married. It's amazing. The stuff can happen. Get over your dating patterns. Be upfront about what you want. Be with the good person who's going to honor you and what you want. And it can work out really well. Thank you so much. Everybody go to smartdatingacademy.com and tell us what we can find there. 
Yeah, you'll see lots of videos, lots of blogs, lots of inspiration. And follow us at Smart Dating Academy on Instagram. We also post lots of fun um, dating tips, dating advice, videos as well. So that's where you can see what's super current with us is on Insta. Great. Thank you so much for joining us again. And we'll see everyone next week. Thank you. This is awesome. Hi, Brad Kearns here with something different than a stiff commercial script message. I want to give you an authentic endorsement for one of my favorite supplements of all time. It's called Adaptogenic Calm. It used to be called Primal Calm, and the key ingredient in this formula is called Phosphatidylserine, or PS. And this agent has been shown in hundreds of studies to blunt the catabolic effects of the stress hormone cortisol in the bloodstream that's released in response to all forms of life stress, whether it's a series of difficult workouts, extensive jet travel, personal stress of any kind. We're constantly triggering the fight-or-flight mode in modern life. And when people say, hey, you should take a chill pill, this really is a chill pill. Because when you consume an appropriate amount of phosphatidylserine and the other supportive ingredients that have been known to have a calming effect on the central nervous system, things like magnesium, L-theanine, magnolia bark, and rhodiola, you will get a calming effect. It's not like a stimulant product that makes you feel more energy and have a better workout but instead this sort of takes the edge off of that stress buzz where you feel that foggy brain function maybe a little shaky and finally fried at the end of a busy stressful day this stuff will help you clear your bloodstream from those catabolic stress hormones before they can do the damage so i like to take significant quantities of it in and around stressful events such as jet travel or in those heavy training cycles when you're really pushing your body and trying so hard not to fall into that overtraining, overstress, foggy brain function spiral downward. That's right, phosphatidylserine has also been shown to enhance cognitive function. It's commonly used in Europe on cognitive decline patients. And you can make that connection between when you're frazzled and overstressed and how your brain doesn't work quite as well. So this is a brain function enhancing, stress hormone reducing, secret weapon, adaptogenic calm. Look for it on primalblueprint.com.